Okay, we are recording. One, two, three, go. Hey, Matt. Hey, Peter. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, living the dream. Well, your episode with uh, Chris Savage was fantastic. Oh, I really you. enjoyed listening to my own podcast last week. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you did edit it, so you heard a little bit, but I guess not the whole thing. Yeah, because I was on vacation, technically. Yeah, good job. Yeah, um, so kind of like, yeah, great, great interview. I, uh, I'm, I'm liking where this series is going, and uh, yeah. I know you've got one more queued up that's ready to go out in case of emergency. Yeah. Yep. In case of a vacation. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. That'll be good. So that that's pretty cool. Did you? Yeah. Have you gotten any f- feedback? I saw like I I saw people were tweeting about it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, and then um, just uh, good. I got a DM from someone just saying how much they got out of it, which felt really good, and uh, not as much as the first episode, maybe because it was, you know, not the first episode, but um, yeah, I think it hit the mark. Like I listened to it again, and um, I was able to focus more on what. Chris was saying instead of my next question. And I think even I got a little bit more out of it the second time around. So, um, mm. yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. I mean, the thing about Wistia that I, one of my biggest takeaways was his early team was just excellent. Yeah. Which I think is easy to overlook and just focus on the couple founders, but like his first several hires after him and his co-founders started the company were also, basically founder quality people just in terms of their experience sets. Yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah. I, well, it made me feel good that we're doing a podcast over here because, you know, Wistia's whole thing is like if, if every company is becoming a media company. And yeah, I like, like hearing Chris talk about like how basically marketing moves to this long form, you know, I, I kind of want to say entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> but more like consumption like the the marketing itself is a product right yes that's right it's indistinguishable i mean yeah yeah Yeah. very interesting commentary at the end there just talk yeah about why why long form and i think he nailed it when he talked about just uh long form means you've invested something into the content and it just sticks then a little bit stronger yeah, and I think one of the points you made was that the the um, you know the consumer also invests by like engaging with the long form content because like yeah. you know the podcast we're releasing for Branch when like if people listen to that like they'll take them like six hours mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like quite a long time to spend with like our brand basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was really good. So yeah, I'm glad you were able to uh, get some stuff out of it. It was uh, fun, and we'll do another one soonish yeah sweet do you want to do some updates yeah i do listeners haven't gotten one of those in a while so maker manager but manager first manager first we barely remembered how to do this yeah so first i talk then you talk then i talk again and then you talk okay Okay. you keep track (laughs) No, you're the host. That's your job. <laughs> Welcome okay. back. Fair uh, enough. So, summit on the manager side, huh? Right. Mm. 
Yeah, I would. It's okay if you haven't done much while I was gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without you, I was uh, a ship without a rudder. <laughs> I. What happened, man? What happened was Summit released a new. And this is this is bad because I'm getting into maker stuff. I was very maker busy, um, but maybe from the manager side, I'll talk about sort of why I did what I did. How about that? Okay. So I released an expenses app. I've decided to call these top level navigation items in Summit apps because, Ooh. yeah, they're they're not very intercommy. Yeah, they maybe I, I just don't think they're. It's it's weird to call it a feature when it's entire where you you click it. And everything on the entire page changes and it's all dynamic and data driven and everything. I'm like, I don't know. That's a lot for a feature. So it just doesn't feel, I don't know. It feels too big to call it a feature. So I'm going to call it an app. So there's an expenses app now within Summit. And you mean the Summit suite? Yeah, within the Summit suite. That's right. Um, and yeah, the the importance of that was it allowed me to... Um, develop a pattern which is ex- connecting external data sources and auto magically if you will transforming them at the user's discretion into events in the summit model so uh, the most common question i get when people use summit is how do i get my blank data into my model and <clears throat> that's totally normal i understand why but it's the initial data integrations I did such as ProfitWell and Metrics and ChartMogul don't actually lend themselves to creating events because events are these bottoms up building blocks whereas those data sources are high level sort of output dashboards of your business so I kind of combined that user desire with the need to import your expenses because expenses is just such a big, obviously it's the other half of your business model other than the revenue. And there's a whole area in summit where it says to, you know, add your team or operational expenses. And there's a drop down to do that, but it can be very tedious. And there's a lot of, I mean, if you've got 20 or 30 line items to add, you don't want to do that necessarily with a form one at a time. Um, and so I combined all that and I created a, this expenses app. And what it lets you do is you can connect Currently, only United States and Canada. I'm working on extending it to the UK and then ultimately Europe. Um, probably over the next 12 to 24 months, it's going to take longer to do mainland Europe, uh, European bank accounts. Um, and I can explain why. But you connect your uh, bank account. It will show you your balances. You can remove accounts. So like, let's say you connect to Bank of America. You've got four accounts there. Maybe two are business and one is personal or two are personal. You can actually hide or delete the personal ones. So we're not going to involve those in Summit. Um and then you can view the balances of those accounts you connect. But then even better is you can view up to two years of transactions. And this is helpful for a couple of reasons. One is you can see your recurring expenses more easily. You can see, you can sort the table, filter it by, you know, who you're paying. So all this like table Excel like functionality on your expense data, which is useful. But then the real, the real magic trick is you can select any of those transactions click a button and transform them into an event inside your summit model. So yeah, now suddenly you can money. just, yeah. So now suddenly you can just check 10 boxes and say, these are all recurring monthly expenses and boom, they're turned into events in your summit financial model. Um, so that was, that was big. Uh, it took me 
probably a week and a half of development um, on and off. And I released that on, I think I released it last Wednesday, but I didn't say anything. I still haven't done a big announcement about it because I'm kind of like letting it, <laughs> letting it cook, if you will, um, before I make a bigger splash. But that's live now under uh, expenses tab. And yeah, that felt really, really good to get out, get that just developed and out there because that's a, as I'll talk in a second, that's a reusable pattern that we can use. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's actually, even though I was joking, it's justified to call it an app because it's like super valuable just on its own. Like just the fact that you can like scan for recurring expenses is something I needed the other day for my own like personal finance mm-hmm. stuff when I was putting together a budget. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you spend money on that you don't necessarily remember. Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as I connected my accounts, even for Summit, I did a sort and I looked and I said, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, like <laughs> there's all these SaaS apps and I use a little, some of them a little bit, but some of them I haven't used in three months. And, um, you know, it's it's good to, yeah. good to review those. So there is value there. But then and just turning necess- them into events. Yeah. Yeah. And it won't necessarily have to be, you know, strictly subscriptions. Like it could also just be like, well, you go to the bakery every Friday morning to buy you yes. know, baked goods for your, your uh, employees. Like that's still yeah. a recurring expense yeah. or it's yeah. reoccurring at least. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to guess what the recurring cycle is. That is very, very nascent. So I haven't done the fuzzy matching yet on anything. So really, unless it's, uh, let's see, give or take a few days is fine. Um, but the merchant name has to be an exact match. And, you know, I know from experience that a lot of times the merchant names will change just depending on, you know, where, which bakery you went to and, you know, different things like that. So a lot of more stuff can be developed, but fundamentally it works and I'm excited and it, um, it's doing what I wanted it to do and it checks a big box. And now I'm going to shift my attention to accounting as the next frontier, <laughs> uh, accounting integration. So the manager is going, okay, good table stakes kind of done expenses you can import those what's the next big data set is uh accounting so i'm going to shift to accounting integrations next did you say at some point you're going to focus more on marketing and this is a little bit of a self-serving question relating to my own update yeah but it just seems like there's always always more to build yeah i don't want to turn to marketing yet because it's just not it's not the bottleneck in the business, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 You're saying I'm, that. I'm getting, I mean, I'm getting, I had 222 people the other day. They were all active on the site or in the app, not the site, but the app. That's not visitors. All right. Let me get this straight. Hold on. Uh, that was visitors. So 222 unique visitors. I had last week though, I had well over a hundred companies use the product and on a daily basis, I'm getting anywhere from six to 25 signups. Yeah. It's just not like quite a lot, actually. It's a lot. And I, I don't see any reason why. So I have a mailing list now of 1,800 companies just in the last 90 days. I don't feel any reason to get more top of funnel. It's just not yeah, interesting yeah. to me. <laughs> you know, the customers I want are in there, you know? Yeah. And, I'm reading uh, Steve steve blanks the startup bonus manual oh yeah right now and it's like he describes startups as like it's a it's a temporary structure for mm-hmm. like you know um 
it's basically like you're just playing around with ideas and like testing stuff. He doesn't yeah. think it's like a, he sees it as a very temporary thing where you just exploring stuff. And it's like, as soon as you start to like, okay, this is what we do. This is our business model. Then you're like transition to become like a company. Yep. And that's, that's not where we are, I think. No. And it's so certainly one day there'll be somebody whose job it is to focus on acquisition and conversion and all that. I Right now, the features I'm building are very much designed to increase conversion rates. Yeah, that's what I love about it. Like, okay, take these, like your paid threshold is 15 events, I think, from what I remember. And, you know, if I have 12 recurring expenses that I want to add as like, um, you know, events in my model, like I'm pretty close to having to upgrade my account. And then, you know, there'll be a lot of other events I'll want to add to fine tune that model. So it's like, yeah, I know like that's why you, that's part of the reason why you built this thing is like you want to, you like one of your success metrics is like how many events are people adding to their models. I'm freaking out. Because someone I'm in our entrance recording this and someone is knocking the door because they, it's like Halloween or something like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I, I'll talk for a while and, uh, and you can hide. Um, yeah. So this is, this is designed for the end user's benefit. Obviously, as I said, users want to be able to import data from other sources and turn it into building blocks in their models. At the same time, you know, because of that, it's going to grow the number of events that's in their account. And actually, I increased the free limit to 25 recently. So it was at 15 originally. And then I realized that people weren't really able to quite build a complete picture of their business with with 15. So it's 25 now, which is which feels right. And yeah, if you have 12 recurring expenses you want to bring in, you know, that will that's halfway there, right? And if you have what I'm working on next is um, like I said, accounting, that's the next major project, but I'm, I'm going to do a little one week sprint here where I bring in uh, retention curves from Stripe. So you'll be able to have your own, you'll be able to look at your exact retention on a per plan basis using your Stripe connection, which I think nice. is really, really cool. Yeah. So I'll have a list of all your subscriptions, your plans, and then you can generate the cur- the survival curve for all those co- uh, subscription and, co- and cohorts. And then a button to automatically import your cohorts and your retention curves will, again, drive the event count. But one, the way I designed it is, and this might be helpful for listeners, the way I designed it is it doesn't block you from creating events that go over the limit. And in fact, you can even go back in the modeling section and rebuild your financial output using those events. But when you try to edit them or add another one, it will trigger the you need to upgrade. So you can actually delete all of them and get back to the free stage, if you will. But, you know, I want people to import useful data. And obviously, if they're over the line, then hopefully they decide they want to buy. You could also just, you know, limit or like disable the built button or something like that. So people can actually add as many events that they want. Like if they want to add 50 events, that's true. You just can't build the model. That's true. Yeah, or I could even have it just build out to only to you know two months from now or something, so they could at least see, still see that. But yeah, a lot, lot of options. But um, so I felt good to get that expenses app out. Uh, the next big frontier is accounting integrations, and I found it an awesome way to do that. 
Um, so I'll be bringing in QuickBooks and Zero and FreshBooks and Sage and the whole list. And then the last, um, I just couldn't get out of my head uh, the last couple of days, retention, just bringing in subscription data from Stripe. And finally, you know, automatically backfilling all your cohorts and plans feels like a really awesome opportunity. So, yeah. Nice. So are you going to be like a barometrics replacement or something like that? Mm. It's a funny, it's funny thought because those are all like those dashboarding tools are. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. Will I be? No, I'll answer that. No. And the reason is the one thing I will not do and I have no interest in doing is figuring out your MRR and your LTV and all of that from your Stripe data. So to the extent they do that work, I have no interest in that. There is overlap though, in terms of let's analyze the data and get some value out of it. Uh, there's definitely going to be some overlap there. So like if you see a cohort survival data inside bare metrics or profit well or wherever, I'm going to have my own version of that. And the reason I'm doing that from sort of the atoms instead of from their versions is I need to rebuild that so that I can import it into the, uh, the modeling system. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And then I should mention like, you know, these apps I'm talking about expenses, retention, um, accounting, they will be free because the pricing model is not going to change. So the strategy here is really to have a free app for a lot of these different areas so that if you are worried about expenses or you're focused on retention or you're focused on finding a forward-looking dashboard, you can get that with Summit. But then the modeling section is how we make money. Yeah, it's kind of like if you want to download your data or you want to export it or something like that. It's kind of like the same model. If you want to yeah, use it, yeah. If you I want to it. use this, the data in Summit. Yeah, there, there's a lot of I'm trying to think of other tools like this, but yes, basically where there's a free layer, you know, and it's horizontal yeah. across all of these different functions. Yeah, like, and as soon as you have that, it's like your number one priority, not your number one priority necessarily, but it becomes a priority to which is probably also like in people's best interest, like increase their usage Mm -hmm. and like help, help them build out their models because they don't, if they do that, then they'll jump up to like the paid tier. Yep. Yeah. No, I think there's a, there's a, there's a long game here. So yeah, that's the, it's been the focus. Sweet. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. So we were taking some vacation, uh, four days last week it was really nice actually we uh, instead of going to our own cabin or summer house we rented one because just mm-hmm. to kind of like you know get out of the day-to-day and see something else yeah um so it's a really nice spot and then it was kind of like we call we call it almost like a retreat um because we would like we had a lot of stuff like we kind of like personal stuff in our lives that we wanted to work through Oh, and yeah, nice. It's like for a lot of people, like it wouldn't be their definition of a vacation. Mm. Um, but we like we had a pretty like dramatic um, last six months because we decided to leave Scotland on a whim and move to Denmark to have our son. So it was like basically when we made that decision, like everything was very focused around like everything used to be in order and ready for us to like have our son and give him a you know a good start and um you know he's here it's been here for about two months now and like all is good mm. so it was like okay we can kind of like get out of survival mode and yeah so what now mm-hmm. and we just found like 
it would be nice to get away for a bit and not have anything scheduled except like and we we actually literally had like a topic per day which was kind of hilarious oh like we even joked that we would have like breakout sessions and stuff like that <laughs> okay peter uh, you're by we had a band one night <laughs> <laughs> A happy hour. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. It was actually pretty great and it just added a lot of clarity. And it was nice not to just do it, you know, on your own, like all this like brainstorming and stuff, but actually do it like as a couple. Yeah. Um and yeah, like if that's people's jam, like having a vacation like that, mm. I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. If I only had two weeks of vacation a year, I probably wouldn't spend one week on this, but whatever. That's good. So rejuvenated a little bit, or at least. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of clarity about like where we want to be and what we want to do. And we kind of like had like short term stuff and middle term and longer term. Um, yeah, just overall pretty good. Um, nice. Yeah. I just feel like I have more clarity about what needs to happen. Um, so it's been good. Nice. Yeah. One thing I did when I came back was like, dramatically decrease the amount of time I have available for demos. I'm Ooh. just so tired of doing demos. I don't do a lot of them, <sighs> yeah. but literally all of them are like complete waste of time. Like I, it's hard for me to remember a demo that was actually like valuable for me and the other person. Mm. And it's like, it's my fault. Like I, I should screen people better or, you know, like, you know, that's the problem when you just have like, okay, here, click my calendar. If yeah. you want to talk about something, but then at the same time, like you want to be available. Um, what I did basically was I, in Savvy Cal, I, I limited to one day a week now. Mm. Um, yeah. And with That's great. Derek just launched this feature where you can limit it to uh, like a maximum amount per day oh. for an event, which Love is it. just so great. So I said like, okay, Mondays, I'll allow two demos and that's it. Nice. I actually had two demos today. Um, we were recording on a Monday and I already have one booked for next Monday as well. So, you know, as long as the queue doesn't get too long, I think this is fine. Um, that's really cool. But it's always like, you know, um, like Maya will be on the phone with her mom and her mom will be like, Hey, can you come by like tomorrow afternoon? And we're like, Maya looks at me like, can we go like to my parents tomorrow afternoon? I'm like, yes, sure. And then like 10 minutes later, someone books a time on my calendar and it's always like that. It just always happens. Hate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah, because apparently like I just need something that like when I verbally commit to something, like it just listens and just adds it to my calendar. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. I mean, and that's the role that I think Savvy Cal can play more and more is that executive assistant role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah. Also, cool. people should just not like expect me to actually remember something that I commit to verbally. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, the people I'm sub-podcasting right now aren't listening to my podcast anymore, <laughs> I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which is my wife, basically. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm just tired of demos and they're irrelevant, most of them, because they were asked, like, they're, okay, so honestly, most of them are asking me about how the, the database works with WordPress yeah. and database Weird. migration, because, like, an old school problem in WordPress that no one's ever solved. Um, mm -hmm. 
and it's really hard to solve and I haven't solved it either. And my product doesn't have anything to do with the database. Hmm. <laughs> so right. like, so please stop. At nice me. to meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet um, you. I also don't know. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's just fr- frustrating. Um, and it's like, it just takes time out of your day. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just annoying. And, but at the same time, like some, like there's the occasional, like, you know, important demo. <laughs> sure. Um, but then again, like, I just don't know, like most people that book a demo, they didn't really do anything. And like the people that get stuck in the app, they don't do get, mm. book a demo. Like they just open the live chat, which is much nicer. Yeah. That's what and I like. Know. I've, yeah. Yeah. Like I've had like really large companies just like pop up the live chat and it's just someone's Gmail because it was like their GitHub account or something. Mm-hmm. And it looks, but then you realize it's like a really big company or something like that. Um, I don't know about the demos. People like to chat. Hmm. I, I would say, I would say pause them for now. I mean, the, I remember the original reason for the demos was you were trying to understand your early users better. Yeah. And that's like kind of the other half of this is like, I'm in my head, like I'm, Actually, I wrote down in my notes here, like I live in what I wrote down was <laughs> I live in the future and the people booking demos live in the past. <laughs> like they're focusing on the product that's there right now, which is kind of boring to me, mm-hmm. like because in my head, like I'm thinking about like branch in a year. Yeah. And like all this stuff we want to add and like all the markets we want to go into and stuff like that. Yep. And then like someone asked me like about like how to migrate their WordPress database. And I'm like, what's WordPress? Like, I don't want to talk about this. Mm yeah i mean to the extent that you already know and have heard the things they're saying then that's sort of the definition of diminishing returns or yeah that's true (laughs) what i did now is also like i i noticed derek had the ability to add questions when people book some time oh yeah so i asked people to describe like what they're trying to do and like kind of like what they want to do right Um, and then also like if they signed up they'll have done this survey and I've had people where they did our onboarding survey, which basically the, the what we do with their survey is we screen them to see if they're an agency or maybe a freelancer working for an agency or something like that. Um, if they run a product business, we don't really want them as a customer because our pricing models is focused on agencies. And those are like the power users. They, they have a lot of projects. Like if you have a product company and you just have one side or three sites or just like a limited amount of sites it doesn't really add like they're just it doesn't scale in or there it doesn't like those people they have some really complicated use cases basically and then always like be on our free plan because they never scale to where they need to pay mm. because <clears throat> interesting that's an anti-customer yeah, they have one project that gets more and more complicated, and the agencies they all their pr- projects are like equally complicated, but they just get more and more projects. So actually, if someone books a demo and I know that they're a product company, I'll just email them and say that they're probably not a fit. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, this actually we I have sort of like my customer success routine that I try to do every morning. Hmm. Um, so I have every time someone signs up, they go into a Trello board. And then in the Trello board, I have different columns. I have one called, so basically when they go in, they're just blank. They just have the name and the email. 
And then they also, like there's a column for an opportunity. And when someone comes in and then I can see from their onboarding survey that they're an agency or freelancer Mm -hmm. and they created a project, I'll add them to the opportunity column. They didn't add anything. I'll no, actually, and I'll add them to the opportunity. If they did something, I'll add them to the trial column. And if they, like, if I haven't done, if they, if they haven't done anything for a week or something like that, I'll just move them to the lost column. Okay. And if they are a product company and not an agency, I'll also just immediately just move them to the lost column because I don't care about them really as a customer. Okay. Um, and then what I do is kind of like I, a lot of the folks, like I send them an email just to see why they got stuck, if they got stuck and stuff like that. And I, I'll add a label that I, I'm waiting for a response. And if they don't re- reply after a while, I'll just move them to the lost column as well. But it's kind of like the same screening I do there. Like, right. Does this look like a good customer? Mm-hmm. Um, and the survey is really helpful for that. Like, it's pretty easy. Like someone comes in, they say they're a freelancer. They don't have a project, which is one of the questions and they haven't done anything in the app. It's like, I'm not going to spend my time on you because you are like not yeah. ready to do anything. Yep. Makes sense. But like if you ran three deployments and they all failed and you said that you're an agency and in the description, you were like trying to implement branch into like your agency's processes. Like I'm going to send you an email. Of course. That's um, good. Better yeah. qualification. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Another thing that's going on or you want to move on? Or? No, no. So another thing that's that's going on is I'm trying to figure out basically hiring. So we don't really have a budget for hiring right now, which is something I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like maybe hiring someone part-time is, is an option, but there's basically a few roles that I'm considering. Um, what, what happened, and I don't think I mentioned this last time, um, and because it's been two weeks, I, it'll actually go full circle now, I think. But basically, um, because Bjorn isn't working full-time right now, and he's implementing this new like hosting integration flow that I've been talking about. And because he's not working full-time, like once this is done, like we'll need to implement it for all the different hosts uh, we have recipes for. And it's quite a lot of work, actually. So we sat down and made a plan for like when this would be done. So we could think about like all the documentation and stuff like that. And in the plan, it was like two months or something like that. And then I was like, Oh, that sucks. And then I kind of just accepted it. And later in the day, I was like, well, if everything is ready and it's just kind of like, you know, leg work or like, you just have to do it and he doesn't have time to work full time. Like maybe someone else could just do it. And like, it took like five hours before that, like occurred to me, like maybe someone else could do it. Um, So I had like a list of like five to 10 developers kind of like in my network that I knew would potentially be interested. Okay. Um, And I reached out to those and there was also, there were also a few people that reached out to me. None of them were really available. Um, So it ended up becoming like a bigger thing than it, than it needed to be for like this type of project, which is like start now and just do this. Um, and then we can take it from there and see if you want to like maybe work longer term. Um, so I actually realized that it's probably not the best idea right now because I don't want to go out and like 
have like a formal drop application process and stuff like that, because then it's not going to be faster. Sure. So I kind of like just came to terms with that. It might just take a while. And then I think once we realized that we probably weren't doing this, that's when you start to like come up with ways that this could happen faster. Mm. Um, we were like, we could actually just launch with the most important hosts (laughs) yeah, and then not do it for all the others. And then, Hmm. you know, if they actually really care about branch and want to promote it to their customers, we can probably find like a solution to that. Right. Right. Um, So we might actually just launch with like a handful of them. Um, Okay. Yeah. And then the other role is kind of like the content role that I've been talking about. I called it head of learning. Um, I'm thinking a lot about this. It's like extremely hard to find this uh, profile. And I actually, I wrote on Twitter one day that developer advocates are the new rockstar developers. And I really think it's true. Like the, you know, the good folks that are like, you know, they're good developers, but they're also like, they can create content. They are mm. kind of like a little bit extroverted, maybe. Um, yep. They do conference talks and stuff like that. You know, they get snacked by the, the big VC funded companies hmm. really fast. Um, Interesting. Those are really hard to get. Um, and I don't know what the solution is, but I would love to just have someone and their entire role was just to like come up with cool ways to use branch and write blog posts and do screencasts and, you know, go to a conference, give a talk, stuff like that. Yep. Um, it's really hard to find. Mm -hmm. And also like, this is something we talked about on an earlier episode. Like, I think this role would be the perfect role to hire someone that does not look like me and Bjorn because it's such an out or like, you know, outward facing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, would just be a great opportunity to kind of like do something there. Um, I don't know, like I'm, (laughs) it's kind of weird, but I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe I just need to be the content person for now. Mm. Um, I'm seeing some of the stuff you do with your videos and you know, I'm doing the podcast now and I feel like I'm pretty efficient with it. And I found an editor and like he does all the editing and he's really good. And I just sent him instructions. It just magically, like he just makes it work. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like if I, and it's funny cause it's like, that's exactly what I wanted to do. If people remember uh, listening back in January like, yes. I wanted to just write, like, super brief, rough drafts of guides and blog posts and have someone edit them. And then that did not work out with, like, the people I was working with. Um, right, right. But it's, like, like it just keeps, like, coming back as, like, a good idea. Because, <laughs> mm. you know, I know the product really well. I have a lot of ideas. So, like, maybe it would just be faster, at least for now, like to just try to see if I can crank out a lot of content and, and then try to find like, you know, supporting roles to like, um, you know, do editing and stuff like that. Polishing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I always look at like the Khan Academy empire and think, wow, it really did start with just Salman Khan creating his own videos, you know, and now there's tons of videos and he's done a lot of them, which is absurd, but a lot of them are done by other people that are just, he hired and 
we're super gifted at teaching and visualizing yeah. everything else. But yeah, yeah, so like one of the things we were thinking, or some of the things we were thinking with Brain, just like potentially like moving into other areas and not just WordPress, and also like just more of like you know the not only deployment, but as I talked about last time, provisioning as well, and just more like all around developer workflow. Right. And, you know, the more of that we have, like it's hard for me actually to see something that's more impactful than me just showing that all the time and like mm. being loud about that. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's true. I, <laughs> in some sense, you're in where I want to be. You are where I want to be in a certain number of months where the product, you were just right to, to sort of half tease, half troll uh, me about the product never being done. But if you get to that stage where it is meeting, you know, that many user demands shifting into a role like that, I think for the founding CEO makes a ton of sense, you know, yeah. especially when you have a developer working. And it's actually not so much marketing. Like when I think about it, like, cause I also want to like, I actually, I feel like I want to be more involved with the product now because like, you know, basically what I, the way it feels right now is like, we have like our ambitions for branch are getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And we're realizing it has the potential to be really big if we, if we pull it off and it's like spending my time marketing the WordPress version of branch just feels so like it doesn't feel very significant. Like it doesn't feel like, like we. It doesn't feel like we should be using our energy like trying to sell something that's just a fraction of the vision right now. So like, but doing when I think about the content, like I almost think of it more as a part of the product. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of my ideas around the content is like, imagine if the guides we have for the hosting companies were completely dynamic to the point where it's like you built your pipeline and it's actually you built your pipeline in the tutorial. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's the whole, th- the whole thing is just custom based on the recipes you pick and the tools you use. And cause it's just so like, you have this pipeline hmm. of different steps in your development workflow. And it's kind of like, you know, more and more like that. And it's just interesting if you could pull all of that together and, you know, I just feel like half the product is education actually mm-hmm. in many ways. And so it just makes me think like, like I almost want to say like right now, like marketing seems boring. (laughs) Like I just want to focus on like making it like a mind blowingly good product and really good content and, and not worry too much about like finding a scalable, scalable or a marketing channel for it. Um, because I don't even know what it's going to be yet. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm taking a step back in a sense. Yeah. I re- like, it's like, you realize the opportunity is so much bigger than you initially thought. And should you, you know, stick to your, the first idea and just like, try to like squeeze out a business out of that yep. or just, and that's what, why I teased you earlier or yeah. like go back and just try to think bigger and just, and it's the VC track as well. Like it's the uh, it's the startup. It's the startup like Stephen Blank's. He in the, his description, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. I yeah, and I'm rambling, but I 
I no, I don't no. know how to get this out of my system actually. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a mess in my it, it in my mind it's a mess sometimes too because you are basically saying what am I positioning? Right? So you worked on positioning. Yeah. You worked on positioning of a creature. It's evolved now. Yeah. You know, uh, your positioning is not going to be the same because nope. it's not the same animal. You know, it's a, it's a different animal now. And it's sort of, it, it is a weird thing to think about like, oh, the product's never done. Well, yeah, that's true. But in the same way, like humans grow up and we're not done growing. But at the same time, there's another level of change here, which is more evolutionary. And it's basically saying, look, I had this type of thing it's evolved now into this other thing and to spend time on marketing it until, I mean, let's just use a word everyone uses all the time, pivoting, right? You're not really pivoting, but it's a word that everybody knows in some sense. Once you learn that, Oh, actually the opportunity is over here. doesn't make a ton of sense to keep investing in developing the previous opportunity space, right? you now realize that that's actually not where you need to be. So yeah. how, do you, how do you inch your way into that other opportunity space? And this actually answers the question too of why my marketing page is so small. It's like, uh, oh, just put your top three features on there. It's like, I'm rolling out new apps each week. How do I talk about my top three features? You know, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like if you're digging for oil, it's like maybe you find like a little stream or like a little bit of oil, but it's it will be too expensive to pull it out. Basically, mm, that's a good metaphor. So it's yeah, like you 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 just need to find more investment or resources. To just keep digging until you find one that's just worth the effort. And I think, mm. like, I'm not saying necessarily we'll just find product market fit automatically if we just keep building. But I just feel like it just feels like such a big opportunity that like if we if we get this right, like I, I know I keep saying this and I've said it for like one and a half years in this podcast <laughs> or a year at least, but yeah. it just it just my gut feeling just tells me like it, it's too hard with what we have right now. It's too hard. Um, and it tells me that we haven't, you know, we haven't found the right thing yet. And, you know, when I think about this, the, the new like kind of like things we want to do with the product, my concerns about competitors and like differentiating. And, you know, that's like part of the obviously awesome positioning exercises, like listing all your different uh, competitors and and kind of like how you're different. But it's like it's just so easy to say why we're different with these mm-hmm. new features um, that we mm-hmm. so we don't have them yet, but we we want to have. And then. Like hopefully then it becomes way more obvious to people as well why they would want to use this. And then what I'm thinking like with the content role is like that's content is so dynamic. So you can like, like it's a way to get feedback as well, right? Absolutely. So it's a feedback mechanism while you work on the product. So like having like, uh, let's, just use the term rockstar developer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Bjorn work on the product. And so, then someone else that it's like, you know, con- all the time, like 
collecting feedback by yeah, sharing yeah. that. So, so I have a yeah, I, I, I'm going to interrupt because I have a different, maybe I have a different angle to come at this from. And uh, we'll have to tell our users they can scrub ahead to where we finally figure out what we're rambling about. Um, <laughs> hopefully we're close. Uh, is it? So I I have this resistance to the uh, homepage being this more developed thing. But I don't have a resistance to chat. I don't have resistance to creating YouTube videos. I definitely don't have resistance to tweeting and working in public. And I think the reason is, is that if I can engage my audience and get them to actually engage with the content and give me feedback and react to it, then I am, I believe I am developing my market and I need to develop my market as much as I need to just reach my yeah. market. Right. I could yeah, yeah, give them yeah. more information, but if I create a video, a 10 minute video and show them a feature and teach them something and get their reaction to it, that to me is so much more valuable than them reading some extra text on a page. Or if I tweet, hey, this week I'm building this feature and three people respond and say, oh, that's really cool. What about this? Like I am really thriving off of that kind of market engagement, but it's not marketing in any traditional sense. Yeah. And like the, the I feel like the content is part of the, uh, of the product. Like yeah. it's a core part actually. Um, and like, if you buy a Lego set and there's no instructions, like, you know, um, maybe some people would prefer that, but it's just part of the the product experience. It's like, this is you put it together and this is how you do it. Right. Um, and it allows you to build something that you wouldn't be able to build on your own because you wouldn't know how to build like a pirate ship or something like that. Right. Right. So I, I, I think it's just, we, we use these terms like marketing so generically but it helps to really say what is it that our business needs well i need more customer development more customer engagement more feedback and i need a constant signal of whether or not i'm on the right track and yeah. i can get that and i am definitely investing in things to get me that i'm not just sitting here coding and working on product but i'm looking for a feedback loop not a one-way call to action Hey, sign up for my website. Do this thing. Do that thing. I'm You're looking- not looking for like a paid marketing channel that works. No, I'm not. You just you want to talk to people. Exactly. I want to scale conversations with people that develops yeah. my understanding of my customer and my market. That is yeah. the, that is the Steve Blank definition of a startup, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like if you're if you were building a house to sell it, like you would just want people to come by all the time so they could see what you're building and you could like, you know, bounce ideas off them and like see their reaction face to face and like yeah. see how they react to it. Absolutely. Um I I'm loving that. And I think some of my followers are liking it too. I think listeners to this podcast, this is all part of that working in public, sharing what we're doing, getting feedback from people. Which is yeah, it's definitely marketing ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's customer development. But I think what right? I think what you're doing is a little bit different from what I want to do though, because you're doing you're you're doing the videos like sharing how to use Summit, um, of course. Um, what I like the way I think about it is more like I want it to be like an in, ingrained part of the or like integrated part of the product, and like I have a lot of ideas around that, and I think. Like it'll actually be harder to me for me to find the right person and try to like share my ideas with them than to just, you know, build 
the first, maybe just built the first version, like I did with the product. Like I built the first version of the product. I had the vision, and then I found someone who was like a great fit to kind of like take that over and make it a much better. And I feel like, you know, I also have a vision for what this like content slash education could be. So maybe I just need to like lay the groundwork and come up with the systems because part of it for me is like I know if content means you have to create a new video every week i might not do it this podcast is an exception to that um because it's just different like there's some accountability and there's two of us and stuff like that and we're in a streak as well but with the with you know if i if i put in my notion page now that i need to record a video every week i'll do it for three weeks and then i'll probably stop and here so Yep. So like some of this kind of like small steps I've taken on our website when we do the guides, it's like we have reusable sections with the blocks in WordPress. So we have like, you know, signing up for branch is the same no matter if you're using WP Engine or Pantheon. So it's a reusable block. So if I change the screenshot that shows like the branch login page, it changes in all the guides at the same time. That's amazing. But I, I kind of <laughs> like want to take that to the next level. Um, and I like, I want to find out if there are ways that we can do the same in a video, like, you know, just, I want to find like scalable or ways to scale this. Mm. And, and I think mm. it, it, so first of all, I think it needs someone who can create content. And I, I think I can do that, especially if I have someone help me, um, a little bit on like some of the editing or whatever, but also someone who's a developer, um, and who kind of like thinks like I do, um, a little bit. So that's okay. kind of like where I'm at right now. Um, yeah. Are, and, and you're sure that, yeah. Do you want it to be, I think you just want it to be high level. You said scalable. I think I might interpret that as leverage. Yeah. High leverage. You, you don't want something where every hour of your effort is one unit of output and it no. just keeps, you know, that's not going to get you where you need to go as a two person company. No, no, no. I want, I want, you know, just like in the product right now, we've come up with a way that we can add recipes for new hosting companies really fast. Yeah. I want to come up with ways that we can add screencasts and guides and tutorials and stuff like that really yeah. fast as well. Okay. And like, if, really, I want to come to a place where it's like, you tell me who you are and what your use case are, and then everything will be customized for you. Nice. I like that. Um, it really is product. It sounds like, you know, it sounds like incredible documentation that be, is almost like product itself in a way. Yeah. 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 And inspirational, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. One thing I kind of like wrote down here as well is, um, you know, I'm doing the podcast now. So update on that. Um, yeah. Available hours. It's going live Friday this week. Um because I put up the trailer and we're able to submit it to the directory. So I almost got, uh, I think we're close to 170 downloads. That's awesome. Which is awesome. And I don't know if all those people subscribe, but like, even if just a hundred people subscribe, like that's nice to just start with a hundred subscribers. Heck yeah. Um, and like, I have some email lists and stuff that I can email and I, I got some plans for like how to promote it. So feel pretty good about that. I've recorded seven episodes so far. Hmm. Um, one has been edited and the other ones are going to be edited probably most of them this week, I think. Okay. Um, I'm recording three episodes tomorrow and that's season one basically. And that's like how much I've committed to for now. 
Um, cause it's, it's a, an experiment in like the traction book, traction channel testing. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not really related to branch. It's not documentation. It's not the kind of content that I was just talking about. Like this is, this is content that's related or like that's, um, you know, interesting for agencies and freelancers. And those are also like the people that are interesting as branch customers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the podcast is not about branch or what we do. It's sponsored by branch. So there's an ad read for branch in cool. e- every episode. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different like that. Um, and I've had a lot of doubt because <laughs> I've spent obviously quite some time on it. Yeah. Um, like, is this really the right thing to do? Especially now that I kind of like my vision has been upgraded a little bit. Um, but then at the same time, it's like I've committed to testing these channels, so I yes. feel like I should I should do it. Yeah. Um, Ultimately, what you're thinking about is the right size of test, and you already decided that. So stick to it, so that the output of that test is still what you were hoping yeah. for. Yeah, and right. it's gonna be nice. Like on Friday, we'll I'll release the three first episodes, mm. and then I'll drip them out once a week. Uh, you know, the next seven episodes. Yeah, I'll just feel good to like have you know, kind of like have that project wrapped and it's like, okay, I created that. It's like a nice brand thing that we have now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I feel good about it, but also like, like kind of like the thing that goes through my mind right now is like every minute that I'm not spending, like working on the product, am I wasting my time? (laughs) Well, what are you learning? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of like just confirms my fear, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about podcasts, and this is not really what we do, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, is it a means, know, it's it's a, a means to an end, though, to find out if the people that it brings in, you know, are yeah. more of the customers you're looking for, et cetera. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do believe, I should clear this, maybe I need to clear this up for listeners. I do believe that you it's not enough to have an amazing product. You have to have a really good go to market. And the reason that I think it's called go to market is you have to proactively go to your market and figure out a way to distribute your product into the market, not yeah, just and like, tell people that it exists. Right. Yeah. And I'm calling it branding, but like, you know, some folks in this, kind of like community that we're in might call it audience building oh (laughs) Um, yeah that that phrase (laughs) yeah so like it's probably not bad like if i have a thousand people who one day subscribe to this podcast like and you know i also have a product that's relating to or that's you know for these people Mm -hmm. specifically it's probably not a bad thing so yeah yeah okay i think that's where where things are at Thanks. Kind of long update. Um, if you want to move into the after show, um, you have some maker stuff. Um, or did you did it go into your manager update? I think I think it. I think a lot of it did go to the manager update. I was, um, yeah, I'm. I think I'll stop there because yeah, I do. I obviously, you know, hey, I could talk about maker stuff all the time, but I think this week it was definitely a maker centric manager update and yeah. so I'll, I'll pause and i'll have more to say next week yeah 
Yeah, I deployed last Friday when I came back from vacation Friday afternoon and I broke everything. Mm. Good feeling. Terrible feeling. <laughs> Terrible feeling. <laughs> yeah. Rolled it back and fixed it this morning. Um, That's good. Just wanted to share that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it, ha- it happens to all of us. Yeah. I had a regression happen at <laughs> some point and I caught it within a few minutes. Only one sign up was affected, but those things are those things are scary. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I'll save any other maker stuff for next week. Cool. Well, I'll talk to you next week then. All righty, sir. Thanks so much. Talk to you then. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.